What's up, everybody? I hope all is well with you. It has been an extremely long time, too long, since I've been able to record. There's been a lot going on. I think it's been close to a month. But anyways, uh, i got a lot to catch up on. I didn't, I didn't put any notes down, so I'm not real sure uh, if I'm going to even really be able to remember everything. But, uh, but yeah, there's been a lot that's going on since the last time that me and Wade uh, got in front of the microphone and recorded a podcast. And I'm going to try to fill you in a little bit. Me and Wade, we are going to try to hopefully get together this weekend and do a part two and talk a little bit about Ducks Unlimited and stuff like that. Some of the things that they're doing in Kansas with the Ducks Unlimited chapter and, uh, uh try, try to break some of that stuff down. But, um, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. I, I really did. I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed recording it. Um, and, uh, I feel like I made a friend from it. Um, Several times back and forth, me and Wade, we, we've texted and, and even talked on the phone for a while. And um, it, it's been, it was a really, really good time. And I, I think, I honestly feel like I made a lifelong friend out of the, out of the ordeal. And so, so that's, uh, to me, that's awesome. It's, uh, I, I can't thank him enough for his time. My biggest, my biggest downfall of it all is, I went back and listened to it, and it sounds the sound quality is horrible. And I gotta apologize, and I feel like I have an explanation. Um, the The podcast was the first time that I recorded with some. Uh, I bought some earbuds, and they're they're Bluetooth, so there was a slight delay. And um, if you hear my dogs in the background, I apologize. They're puppies. Um, I still have two ready to go to a good home if you want one. But I was listening to the podcast and there was a slight delay where a lot of times um, he would be talking and my response would not be where it was during regular conversation. Now, I don't know if it's because of of the, the Bluetooth earbuds. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because of the, the, I don't know why there was a lag. But uh, it drove me crazy. I was so aggravated because it was to me it was such a good conversation, and then to have something like that to where it, it the reactions and all were uh, not up to par or or the sound quality. It sounded like there was a high pitch buzz through most of it, and uh, it was disappointing. So I have some different ones now. Um, hopefully, hopefully the, um, the sound quality will be much better with these, um, they're the same brand, but they're supposed to be, um, actually better. If not, um, uh, I'm going to go to a microphone. So that's my next step is if, if these don't work out well, I'm going to a microphone again. If you hear my puppies in the background, they're wrestling around. I apologize. Um, I, um, both of the babies, they're asleep, so I can't do it inside. Um, but uh, the sound of puppies are cute, right? Anyways, um, since the last time that I've recorded, let me think. Well, we had a baby. Uh, Bella Claire Starkey has graced us with her presence in the world. Um, she was born at 21 inches long, seven pounds, 11 ounces, and she has got so much hair, uh, just a, a head full of blonde hair. And it kind of looks like it's starting to curl a little bit. And, uh, so we're going, looks like we're going to have two blonde curly headed little girls. And, um, uh, as you would imagine, she is just beautiful. She fits in, uh, perfect with the family. Um, you know, I, uh, I was thinking earlier, I, I've got five of the absolute most beautiful kids that, that any one person could have. Um, it's almost not even fair. Uh, they're just Riley Keaton, Eden, Clint and Bella. They are just, they're, they're gorgeous. They are just beautiful, beautiful kids. And, um, 
there's just nothing like being a daddy. We always wanted a big family, um, and now we have one. And uh, it's five kids, two dogs. <laughs> you know, it's uh, uh, time, times are crazy around here, and um, we've just really been trying to, we've just really been trying to make the most of every moment. Um, things are really different for the the delivery part. There was nobody at the hospital. The The parking lot was super empty. They were only about, um, I don't even think that they were about 30% capacity for the hospital. Uh, nobody was there. It was like a ghost town. Um, the only, really the only, I guess the only really real action at the hospital seemed to be uh, in the maternity part or labor and delivery. Um, it was full. Whenever we got there, we had to sit in like an observation room because all the rooms were full till somebody was discharged. And whenever they um, they were discharged, they cleaned the room. Uh, uh, we went in there, and uh, uh, it, it was just super different. Um, I wasn't able to leave. Um, I'm almost embarrassed. Or because I knew, or I, because I had a feeling I wouldn't be able to to leave uh we stopped by walmart on the, the night before and i bought a ton of snacks and i'm almost embarrassed at the amount of money that i spent on snacks just for a hospital stay um <laughs> it was pretty crazy but um i uh uh i think we still have have some some little debbies but um Usually we we always have visitors in and out. There's always a ton of people coming in and always bringing the snacks. Excuse me. And I knew that that wouldn't happen like, like that this time. I knew that there wouldn't be um, anybody able to come. And I really didn't know if I could leave or not. But turns out I couldn't leave. Um, once we got to our room, I never left that floor um, until until I went to go with the vehicle forced to leave. And um, uh, it, it was kind of bittersweet. Um, in times like that, you always like to share with your family and your close friends. Basically, basically the people that you adopt as your family, you, you like to share that moment with them. But And I'm sure we're no different from anybody else. There's, there's always people that are just kind of like self-imposed and they're just kind of self-invited and they always come no matter what, <laughs> you know. And it, But they always seem to come at the worst time. You're trying to get some rest and they just barge right in. No text, no warning, no announcement, nothing. Just <laughs> kind of knock on the door. Hey, we're here. Give me the baby. Where's the baby? Let me hold the baby. Um, so we didn't have any of that this time. And it was just me and Meredith and Bella. Uh, yeah, you know, it kind of it wasn't great because the kids couldn't be there and really cherish that moment with us. Um, they've made up with for it since then, but you know, it's just a they. It, it was just different, you know, and and Bella's the the first grandbaby um, that was born. Uh, and the only uh, after dad passed. So, you know, whenever whenever we had Clint, uh, well, first of all, we thought that he would be the last, but whenever we had Clint, um, while Meredith was pregnant, we really didn't know if dad would, would make it to see Clint be born. And so whenever he was, whenever he was able to go to the hospital, uh, and hold Clint. It, it was a very emotional time. Um, uh, it, it, it was a victory. It, like I said, it was just something that we didn't know. We didn't know if it would happen or not. We didn't know if that was something that was going to be a possibility. So when it was, that was that was um, that was like a, a check off the bucket list, you know and. So with Bella um, and dad not being here, even when we got home, 
you know, Mary's parents and my mom uh, at different times came and visited and got the whole Bella and love on her. And, and it was just, I don't know, while we were at the hospital, I had, when I was holding Bella for the first time, um, it was a little, it was about an hour and a half or so after she was born. Cause as soon as she was born and they cut the cord and they, they placed her on Meredith and they did the skin to skin, um, and, uh, really let them have that bonding time. And then whenever I got Bella, um, I just kind of had a breakdown, just, just, just cried knowing that, um, she'll never, she never got to meet my dad. Um, which I know Clint probably, I mean, Clint won't remember dad. Um, but still, there's still the, the memories and the photos were with them being able to spend some time and, and whenever he was born. And, but Bella will never have that. And, uh, you know, for lack of better words, it just really sucks. And so I had like a little... I had like a little breakdown and cried, cried silently, but just cried. And, um, yeah, so it, it was different. Um, but we really, we really did get to spend some quality time with her that we, we kind of didn't with any of the others. And, uh, so like I said, it, it was bittersweet. The whole experience was different. Uh, in the past, usually uh, the nurses would come in every hour on the hour and they would check vitals and uh, they're checking up on us and everything like that. And we, they really didn't, with all the COVID stuff going around, um, just kind of, just kind of hung out. We watched a lot of TV, watched way too many episodes of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> they're um, whenever they would go to sleep, I'd turn on a, a movie uh, on my iPad and watch watch Netflix, put my earbuds in, and so I wouldn't um, so I wouldn't wake them up, so I wouldn't disturb them. But it's just so bizarre. Um, the the hospital just not having anything going, and I really we got to talk to some of the nurses and some of the housekeeping, and you know so some of our hours are being cut, and I just really. I really felt bad for him because one of the ladies in housekeeping, she was she was very good, um, uh, just just super friendly. Uh, she was great at her job, and you could tell she enjoyed what she was doing. And she was able to get 45, 50 hours a week before all this crap. And then now, if she gets forty, she's lucky, um, and she still has the same workload. They still have to clean the same amount of rooms even though there's not as many patients, but they, they still have a big workload, but they have to do it in a short period of time. So they don't really get to, she was talking about how she doesn't really get to, to really take the time to do it. She, she was still doing the best that she could. Um, like I said, she was awesome. She was great. I don't remember her name, but she was fantastic. Um, but you could tell she was kind of bummed. For one, she wasn't getting to make as much money, but she wasn't able to do her job as efficient and as well uh, as normal circumstances. And hopefully she'll be able to go back to it uh, soon. Hopefully things will open back up. Things seem to slowly but surely be opening back up. Um, a lot of people are back to work. Uh, a lot of people are, are, are starting to, to go back at it. Um, I know we are. Um, I've, I've actually been able to go back to work and, and get on the road a little bit. Um, and man, I tell you what, uh, I have really, I really missed it. Uh, even though I kind of, everything that's happened over the last couple, couple of months has been a bittersweet experience. Like, it was a cool change, but still, it, it, it was change and it was, um, it's one of those things that nobody really asked for. Uh, a ton of home improvement projects and uh, done a lot of things around the house that 
you know, they probably wouldn't have gotten done otherwise. Um, uh, improved our fire pit, made it nicer. Um, been able to do a lot of clean up a lot of brush and a lot of limbs uh, from the fence line and stuff like that. Do do some yard work and some, some landscaping, but uh, the whole process has just been really weird. But once I was able to get out and go back and see some of my clients and customers, it it really um, uh, be able to put things somewhat normal. Um, man, I tell you what, I, I really missed it and didn't know it. I uh, didn't really know how much I had missed it until uh, I got back to doing it. And um, uh, I got to meet a new guy today. It, it was an assistant account. They hired a new guy. Um, his older gentleman, he just uh, recently retired uh, from his job. He wanted something part-time to stay active. And, uh, man, we talked for a good 45 minutes. Um, just building those relationships, getting to meet new people. He, he told some hunting stories, and uh, I invited him to come hunt with me. Uh, it's just fun, and and that's that's one of the aspects that I really love and enjoy about my job. And uh, uh, so I'm really I'm really excited that I got to 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 go back at it. Um, and uh, I want to do a, a quick shout out to Mitch Womack. He uh, he has his own business. He's a mechanic, and his the name of his business is Mobile Mechanic LLC. If you would just do me a favor and go to Facebook and like his page. If you ever need anything, and he doesn't, I don't think he even knows I have a podcast. He doesn't know anything about this. But Mobile Mechanic LLC, like their page on Facebook. If you ever need anything, I hope you don't need any type of car repairs ever. But he's the guy. Um he he's helped us out so much in in, in repairing our vehicle. Um, we actually just traded it off. We got a van. Um, I really, uh, <laughs> um, we had a Nissan Armada and loved it. It was great. Um, but uh, a van is a little more family friendly, gets better gas mileage, and uh, so we made that change over. And, uh, but thanks to Mitch, he, um, he replaced the starter on it. Um, you can't beat his prices. You can't beat, um, the, you can't beat, beat the quality of, uh, job that he does. Just a great guy. Uh, him and his whole family, they're, they're just some, some good folks. So if you ever need anything, just shout out to Mitch. Man, I appreciate you. I love you, bro. Thank you for all you've done for us. And uh, even though you'll always be the guy that we get to do our uh, our repairs, I hope I don't call you for a while. <laughs> so quick shout-out to Mitch and Mobile Mechanic LLC. Uh, with all that being said, uh, I have what, what you hear barking is um, Gus. He is a um, – a little fluff ball of dynamite um, for the nights where I'm off and uh, the nights that I'm away. He's our watchdog. He's our, our home protection dog. He's an Australian shepherd. He already herds the kids. He's about three months old, uh, maybe two and a half, something like that. He's a red tri, and he's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful dog. And so um, – uh, I got him for especially the nights where I'm going to be gone, and he'll watch after uh, watch after the family. He'll be kind of like our alert dog. And he's, I tell you, he's just he's a beautiful little pup. But right now, it's a little annoying because I know you can probably hear, and I apologize for that. Um, uh, I know there's been a long layoff, and a lot of times that's the death of a lot of podcasts. I know a lot of um, that's one of the worst things is whenever whenever you become irregular, whenever you, you don't um, whenever you don't have as much content as regular. A lot of times people uh, forget. And I know it's been a month 
So for the people who are still listening faithfully, I want to thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. Um, uh, uh, one thing that I hope through all of this that people have learned or people have taken away um, as you're going back to your jobs, whatever you do, please don't go back to a job that you hate. Life is entirely too short for you to spend your time at a place that just sucks the soul right out of you. It just sucks the life right out of you. You know, uh, and, and we've all done it at different times. You know, we've been in a place where we felt like we were trapped. Um, a lot of people that I know probably actually made more money off of unemployment than they did their actual job. And I hope that you were wise with your money. I hope that you were able to pay off some bills or pay off some debt, maybe stock up on some groceries um, or, or some things or pay things in advance. Uh, I really hope that you put yourself in a position to where you don't have to go to back to a dead end or crappy job that there's really, there's very few things in life that are worse than waking up every day, day in and day out. And, Whenever your alarm goes off, just dreading the thought that you've got to go back to that particular place uh, of employment. And I know that you're supposed to do all things that, uh, to glorify God, and, I, and I, I know that. But sometimes it's just hard. Sometimes it's just tough. It, if you're at one of those jobs, please take this as an opportunity to find you a job to where you feel appreciated that you're that that you are appreciated, not feel appreciated. You don't need to base things off of how you feel, but go to a job where you are appreciated, something that you love to do, something that that that's not gonna just suck the soul right out of you. You know, that that's not gonna be something that's that's mundane and that, that you hate. Take this opportunity to as a fresh start, uh, a fresh start in your career. Find something that you truly love, something that you're passionate about, something that you're good at, and, and follow that path. Um, I hope that that's something that, that you're able to do. I feel like there's a lot of people, uh, even as bosses, if you're if you're a boss somewhere, whether you're a supervisor, plant manager, um, uh, if you're the owner of the company, the same thing for you. Take this time. But look, everybody's got those employees that just are not that great. Take this time to find somebody else. You don't have to call those sapsuckers back, you know. Um, take this time, or I hope during during this layoff or whatever this this off period, I hope you took the time to really reevaluate your goal and your mission as an employer and, and really try to restructure things and make it more family friendly or make it more employee friendly. And you really, um, you really strive to make it a better workplace, a place where people want to work, a, a place for where people enjoy to work. And, you know, if they, if you've got some employees that just really, that really bring the place down, don't call them back. It's for your good and theirs. You know, uh, so that's a two-way street for both employees and employers. Just, it's, it's a two-way street. You don't have to do something that, that you don't like anymore. And you don't have to hire the people back that, that make your job more difficult. Uh, even if it is convenient. That if it makes your life more difficult, it, well, really, it can't be more convenient. Um, I really feel like there's a lot of a lot of kids that are not going to go back to, to college. They probably saw this as an opportunity like, man, I didn't realize how much I hated it till I wasn't there. And they don't go back. The world needs tradesmen. The world needs tradesmen more than anything. Look, college is not for everybody. I, I remember... 15 years ago, 20 years ago, people told me, got to go to college, got to go to college, got to go. Some of the most successful people I know never went to college. Some of them never even finished high school, but 
most of them, even if they went to college, they didn't finish. They didn't get their degree. It's certain jobs. Yeah. If you're going to be a teacher, sure. Go to college. If you're going to, it's not a bad thing. If you're going to be in law enforcement, maybe whatever, uh, you know, if you want to go to criminal justice, sure. I guess who wants that student loan debt though? Like, unless you're getting scholarships, um, Doctors, yeah, go to college. But there's so many people out there that have degrees and they don't work in their field because it pays more or they're happier doing something else. So out of all this, I really hope people took the time to to really reevaluate their life, restructure their life and and look at things going forward and like what can I do without? Because really, we should be doing these things every day, but this just kind of forced us to do that. What can I do without? What do I not have to have every day? What do I? What do I need? What do I want? What's the difference? What do I need? What do I want? What's the difference? I really, really hope uh, that through all this, we come out a better people. Um, you know, when it, when it first happened, when this, this COVID stuff first happened, I thought it was the biggest joke ever. And then there for a little bit, I was like, man, maybe this is a little bit more serious than what I thought. And if you're a listener of the podcast, you heard the one that I did with my buddy, Big Dan. And, uh, you know, it was a little more serious than what I thought. And then it turned out to not be as serious as what I thought. Um, so my first first initial instinct was right. It, it, yeah, it sucks when people die, for sure. It, um, no matter what, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the cause of death is, it, it's never a good time when somebody passes. Especially when they're suffering from a disease, you know, respiratory, they're having hard times breathing, they're on, they're on ventilators. Yeah, that's awful. But this has not been nowhere near what the media has portrayed it to be. Um, and what it's done is it's left a vacuum. It's left uh, a vacuum of power, and people, people that that have had people, political people have had. They, they've had this power grab and they've went out and they, they've told people what they can and can't do. And a lot of it, honestly, a lot of it's unconstitutional. And a lot of people are split uh, on, on their ideology of the, all this. And, you know, I do think that it should be treated as a threat, especially if you're older and you're obese Obese is a huge underlying factor of death and mortality um, uh, with, with this COVID-19. Um, if you're a smoker, for sure. If you have health problems, for sure, it, it's a problem. Um, but literally, the average age of death from COVID-19 is higher than the average age people die. The average age of death of COVID is 79 to 81. The average lifespan, the average age of people is 70 to 75. (laughs) 80% of people that have COVID are asymptomatic. These are all statistics you can Google and look up. 80% 80% of the people are asymptomatic. They never know they have it. They never have any of the symptoms, they, but they do test positive for COVID-19. You have a... Uh, all deaths are tragic from this. At the same time, all deaths are tragic from any other cancer, the flu, um, people still die from strep. People still die from staph infections. All that's tragic. You know, cancer. 
car wrecks, mesothelioma, emphysema, <laughs> all that. It, it, it's tragic. There's no reason why we're shut down for all this. There's no good. Now that the facts are out, now that we know what we know, there's, there's no real logical reason why we as a nation should be shut down. Switzerland never shut down through it all, and they have, uh, by percentage of numbers, they have a lower, lower mortality rate than we do. There's really a such thing as herd immunity. Um, I don't know how many of you people listen to Joe Rogan. I've talked about him several times on the podcast. Um, the last several podcasts that he's had, he's talked about all these things, um, He's much more credible news source, in my opinion, than NBC, uh, CNN, Fox, all those. Um, so it's there's no reason why we should be in the state that we're in, the the state of panic that we're still in, the the state of um, just sheer fear. It, it blows me away. One thing I feel like it has uh, really came to life in this is before all this happened, most people didn't know who their mayor was, and most people absolutely didn't know who their governor was. Now, I'm very positive everybody knows who they are, and uh, they should know who their aldermen are because their aldermen are really the people that are holding their town hostage. Um. I know the ones that here in Louisville, Mississippi, the aldermen that, that have, have voted and decided to keep our, our town shut down and basically held hostage by there for whatever reason. It's just, um, I honestly hope that they are remembered the next time this comes up to vote. You know, I'm, I, I'm not trying to make this a political podcast. I'm not trying to make this a political issue. But if you want real change, if you want true change, uh, that's going to directly affect you every day, day in, day out, Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, it, it will affect you a lot less as to who is president as to who is your alderman. Your aldermen and board of supervisors affect your life much more than any president ever has. You can argue with me, whatever. It don't matter because those, those are the people that set aside the businesses that come into your town. Those are the people that set aside the legislation for your town. Those are the people that set aside every aspect, not just your mayor, not just your governor, but your alderman and your board of supervisors. Those are the people who vote on the things, that vote on the laws, that vote on the shutdown, that vote on all this stuff that's going on. Your alderman and your board of supervisors, they're the ones that determine what you should and shouldn't do legally. You know, if, if this shutdown is for our, our health and our best interest, then why are we still allowed to smoke? Why are we still allowed to drink? Why are we even still allowed to drive? Why are we allowed to eat fast food? Because if, if all this shutdown has been for our best interest, it is not in our best interest to use tobacco products. It's not in our best interest to eat fast food. Those two things alone... Smoking, dipping, and vaping as one category, and then fast food as another. Those two things are, will be more responsible or will cause more death than this COVID thing will ever even imagine this year. I promise you. I promise you. You don't have to like it because you may, you may eat a lot of fast food. You may smoke. You may drink. You may vape. You may dip. Whatever. You don't have to like it, but it's fact. So if all this stuff is for our benefit, as if we can't make the decision for ourselves, 
in a free country where do we draw the line do we start letting our government tell us what we can and can't do what is and what isn't best for us sounds like a very socialist thing to me I don't know just drives me crazy I want what's best for my friends and my family. And I don't want to see anybody suffer. I want what's best for humanity. I just don't think that everybody who is in a position of power also has the same feelings or agenda. Because if that's the case, we would all be forced. If everything's for our health and well-being, we would all be forced to stretch, especially once we hit 30. (laughs) We would all be forced to stretch. We would all be forced to exercise. And we would all be forced to eat right. Because at least the eating right and the exercise part those things are, are proven uh, longevity for life. Those things have been proven uh, to enhance our lives, enhance our well-being, and uh, uh, improve quality of life and length of life, uh, barring freak accidents like um, natural disasters, car wrecks, and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm just not a not a big fan of being told what I can and can't do, especially whenever uh, whenever it's unconstitutional. I'm just uh, not a, not a fan. And if anybody wants to come on this here uh, digital radio broadcast uh, and debate that, I I'll, I'll do it. You know, I leave my feelings aside, and we can debate facts. Um, like I said earlier, I don't want to see anybody die. I don't want to see anybody be hurt. Um, but if this is going to become the new norm, every time, say we have a bad year of the flu, we're going to shut down. If if COVID comes back around, we're going to shut back down for this. The nation, not only the nation, but our individual states and our communities, we can't stay shut down. We can't go through a second shutdown. The only thing that will be left in business is Lowe's, Home Depot, and Walmart. A lot of local guys are having to shut their doors. A lot of restaurants are having to shut their doors. Gym owners having to shut their doors. Over in Corinth, Mississippi, Tad's Pizza Place or Tad's Pizza Pad. It's a great place where you could go have birthday parties for your kids. They're having to shut their doors. People's well-beings, people's jobs are being lost. People's life savings are being lost. I don't know. I don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's heartbreaking. On either side of it, it's heartbreaking. The loss of life, the loss of well-being, the loss of business, the loss of livelihood. And I'll tell you, I'm a very outgoing person. I love being around people. I love talking. I love interaction. I love being able to, to that's what makes me makes me love my job so much being a sales rep is because I get to go out and I get to communicate. I get to talk. I get to cut up, carry on. I get to, I get to be very social. So all of my social interaction, except for about five people was cut off 
quick. I didn't get to see my kids as much, because especially whenever we thought it was on the more dangerous side and with my wife being pregnant, I, I didn't get to see them as much. And I'm not going to lie, mentally, things just, <sighs> darkness started creeping in a little. Not like full-blown depression or anything like that. But I can see with so, with some people, if you're already kind of on, on the fringe or on the border, if you're having to be put into isolation, that's the worst thing you can do if you're already if you're already on the fringe, if you're already on the border and you're you're headed in that direction anyways. Something something like a shutdown to where you can't be around people. You you're super you're super dependent because like when you're an extrovert kind of get like endorphin rushes whenever you, you you talk to people especially about things that you like especially about things that that you do if you're one of those people that really truly enjoys conversation and then all of a sudden all of that's taken away it's like that's tough if you're like i'm a hugger i like to talk I like to be around people. I like social interaction. You know, it's tough whenever you take things away from people that they really truly enjoy. And then in, in on certain areas or in a certain, how am I trying to say, to a certain extent they really need, you take that away. And it has the potential to get dark really fast. It has the potential to have negative mental health side effects. It's just not good. And I don't know the answers. I'm not sitting here trying to say that I have the solution and I know the answers that I know what we should and shouldn't do. Um, not an expert, not at all. But I think we're at, even if it's just for a little bit, I think we're, we're all kind of fooled um, by this whole COVID thing. I think we're all kind of duped. Uh, like me, I thought it was total junk and then I was like oh maybe there is something to it and then like now I think it's total junk and then there's some people that still are in fear of it and some people never never believed it was anything the whole time somewhere kind of in the middle it's a very real disease but I think that there's a lot of people that's taking advantage of the situation at hand really really went for a power grab and trying to take away liberties of people. Um, I think it's really one thing that's really funny is especially over in California where there's, there's uh, a lot of super liberal people who are anti-gun. They were not pro second amendment at all. And I very much am. Um, they were not pro second amendment. And for the first time in their life, they felt fear. And so they rushed to their local gun stores. And there's even, even in California, especially in certain counties, they tried to shut them down and deem them as non-essential businesses um, where fi firearms and ammunition are sold. And the people actually, I'm, there's a couple of things I'm really proud of California, and I'll get to those in a second. But <clears throat> they really, they deemed them as non-essential and the people kind of bucked up against them, and it's like, no, you know, they, and there was lines a couple of blocks long trying to get into gun stores. That way they could buy firearms. People who were first time firearm buyers, people who were previously not pro Second Amendment, and now all of a sudden they felt a sense of urgency to go in and, and buy their first firearm and, 
once they did, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I could be wrong, but from what I understand in California, you actually have to take a test. It's almost like a you kind of have to know a little bit about it may just be for certain certain types of guns. I don't know, but but there is a 10 day waiting period. So a lot of people, they thought they could just go in, buy a gun, walk out with it like you do your groceries. And they were outraged. What do you mean I have to wait 10 days? I need this gun now. I've got to have it now. I've got to protect myself. This is the stuff that you voted for. <laughs> this is the stuff that you asked for when you voted for the for those super liberal people. This is the things that you that you voted for whenever you voted for these agendas and, and these things that passed through. Whereas here in Mississippi and, and a lot of especially in, in the South and Southeast, you can walk in. Now you have to do your background check, everything like that. But you can you can walk in, you fill out your paperwork, you do your background check. If you are approved that day and you're usually you're approved, you know, it's just a matter of a phone call and a few minutes. If you're approved that day, you walk out with your firearm, whether it's a pistol, whether it's a rifle for hunting, a shotgun or it's an AR-15. It doesn't matter. You walk out with it that day. Some people are delayed. Some people, you know, some people are approved instantly. But if you're approved that day, you walk out with your firearm that day. Um, and I know a lot of people that have bought a lot of firearms during this time because, you know, even if you don't shoot them, you put them up in stores. If you've got guns, you've always got food. You've always got money. You've got a you've got a barter system. You've got something that you can trade on. You you can most of the time you're never gonna lose money on a gun deal. Very few people lose money on a gun deal. I myself, I've gotten a couple of them through this. Um the the people that I work for, they used to own some gun stores. Uh one in Boomville and then one in Tupelo where Elvis was born. Shout out the king of rock and roll. Um, and whenever they they retired, and uh, whenever they retired, they closed down their gun stores. They had about 400 or so guns left um, out of the stock between the two gun stores. And uh, they turned around and just kind of selling here and there on gun broker and to people that they knew and everything uh, over the last couple of years. Well, then they moved them to our, the warehouse that we're at now. And through all of this, we've been able to sell just, um, a, uh, I bet in the last little bit we've sold, uh, I don't even hate to say probably 80 guns. Just people are, well, for one, they're just incredible prices. Um, but for two, it's just uh, people are afraid that if things go delayed for too long, people are not able to buy their, their unemployment runs out. People are not able to buy food. They're not able to buy groceries. They're not able to buy the things that they need. And people try to, to rob and pillage and stuff like that. They want the ability to... They want the ability to be able to protect their family from intruders and looters and things of that nature. So the I heard a, uh, there was a, some statistic. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it came from. But I think in March, there was more background checks called in for firearms in any other month in in the last 10 years or longer. That's a lot of firearms. That's a lot of background checks that are being called in. That's um, some pretty crazy numbers. Um, but I wound up getting uh, a six-hour P226 9-millimeter 
It's a pistol, man. I tell you what, that's a sweetest shooting pistol I've ever, ever, ever in my life shot, uh, put my hands on. Um, a buddy of mine recommended that one to me. I got the opportunity. I got a bargain on it. And uh, um, I went to a local gun store uh, over in Corinth. It's called Second Amendment Outdoors. I bought a couple hundred rounds of 9mm in the hollow point, And uh, I was able to shoot it. Uh, it's the first time in probably three or four years I've actually shot a handgun. I've got three. Yeah, I've got three right now. That's the first time in a long time I've actually shot. And I went out there with my nephews, and we just we had a good time. They they shot their their twenty twos, and um, uh, we kind of made it a little competition. Because here's the thing, you get a couple of guys together, it doesn't matter what it is, it's going to turn into a competition very quickly. Um, so we we kind of we kind of you know try to see who is the best and who could do it better, and and, and whatever else, and. Uh, Man, it's just so much fun. Uh, it, it's got to be equivalent in, in a way. It's got to be equivalent to a martial art. The, the amount of focus that it requires, the amount of, you know, just intensity, um, attention to detail, um, the thought of if you do something wrong, someone's life could be in danger. Because here's the thing, whenever you have a firearm, no matter what, you're responsible for where the bullet goes. No matter what, um, so you have to be you have to be focused. You have to be paying attention. You have to be responsible. There's no goofing off. You know, you have to be very aware of your surroundings, the people that are around you, what's going on, what you're doing, where you, where the muzzle of that gun is pointed at all times. Even when it's not loaded, you always treat it as if it's loaded. Um, I've seen several, several videos lately of people having to defend themselves um, from, from muggers or whatever else. You know, it's not enough to own a firearm. Owning a gun doesn't mean anything if you're not trained if you haven't practiced if you if you're not familiar with that firearm if you don't know how to properly handle uh if you don't know how to properly handle the firearm if you don't know how to properly execute your your objective if you don't know if you don't know what you're doing you might as well not even own one uh, because it's dangerous not only to to other people but to yourself. So it's not just enough to go out, even if you're scared. It's not enough to go out and buy a firearm. You need to be trained. You need to be trained by somebody. Sure, there's a lot of great information out there on YouTube. There's a lot of crap information out there too. But you you need somebody who knows what they're doing, who's reputable, to show you the proper ways, the proper ins and outs of your firearm and, and how everything from, from cleaning to, to loading to shooting um, and then what to do and, and every step in between. Um, there's been a huge, through all of this, there's been a huge political divide, but there's also been a, a big shift. Um, there's a lot of people I feel like there's a, a lot more people who are like me and I don't really identify as a Republican. I'm definitely not a Democrat, but I don't really identify as a Republican, but I'm somewhere in between. Um, and I guess that's libertarian. Um, unfortunately, they just don't have a, a strong enough presence. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely not Democrat nor Republican because there's just too many things on both sides I, I can't come to grips with. Um, I'm definitely 
pro second amendment and I'm pro life. Um, but there's, there's some things that on the Republican side that, um, I can't stand behind too. So there, there's, uh, I feel like a lot of this has exposed weaknesses on the far right and the far left. And people are like, look, I don't really want to be associated with either one of these groups. So I, I think a lot of this COVID stuff and the way people have reacted and has really pushed people towards a libertarian side where you're just kind of like, you know, maybe the government shouldn't have so much power. Maybe we should be free to uh, uh, live the lives that we, that we want to live. And um, without the, Oh, uncle Sam stepping in and interfering. So uh, I feel like that's where I am for now. I may change. Um, I feel like life is all about changing it's all about reevaluating where you're at and changing your, your opinions. You should never be married to your opinions or, or to your ideas because if they're not constantly changing and evolving, then you you get stuck as the same person that you were yesterday. And if you're not better than the person that you were yesterday, I really think that that's the, the biggest problem that, where we're at as a society is people don't strive to be better than the person they were yesterday. They just try to be better than the person across the hall or across the cubicle or, um, the, the person that they see on social media, it's always a competition. You know, one of my favorite quotes of all time is compare and compete and you'll live in defeat. Social media is great about that. You see, you see people's highlights. You see all the great things people do, but people never post their failures. And when they do, they're talked about. Whenever they, whenever they post their failures, they're talked about. Oh, you're just trying to get attention, make people feel sorry for you. It's it's really hard on both sides for people to genuinely be who they are on social media. Because nobody sees things exactly the way you see them. Nobody, not everybody completely agrees. There's always a keyboard warrior that's willing to say whatever they want to say because there's no repercussions. Um, Casey Doss, he is one of my favorite people that I follow on social media. And uh, he's a pastor up in Knoxville, and he made a post several months ago, and this is not word for word, but he basically said, if you would not say it in a closed elevator, you should never type it on a keyboard. And I love that. If you wouldn't say something to somebody in a closed elevator, maybe you shouldn't say it at all. Because here's the thing, in a closed elevator, you don't have anywhere to run. You don't have anywhere to hide. You're just exposed and you're right there. And if you're not willing to say something to them there, you shouldn't top it. You shouldn't say it to somebody else. You shouldn't go around talking about them, you know, because here's the thing, especially if you're talking about somebody to other people, it's going to come around. Like for instance, a place that I used to work at, I spent 10 years there. There's a couple of people that have ran me down. There's a couple of people that have talked bad about me. Here's the problem with talking bad about people. Usually, eventually, you're going to talk bad about somebody. And the person that you're talking to likes the person you're talking about better than they do you. So they're going to run and they're going to tell that person that you're talking about. The people that were running me down... They don't know that I know what they said. It's okay. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to lash out because of their own insecurities, because of their own uh, ignorance and not willing to pursue trying to find out truth. You have to be comfortable with yourself. Even if people come at you, be comfortable with knowing who you are. 
But if you're not willing to say something to somebody in a closed elevator, you might just want to keep it between the ears. Hey, everybody. You know, I appreciate you listening in. I appreciate you listening to my ramblings and my my just going on and on about nothing. Um, If you've made it to this point, uh, I do have a favor to ask. Go into whatever, whatever, however you're listening to the podcast. I want to ask you to go in, give it an honest rating. If it only deserves one star, give it one star. If you think it deserves five, give it five stars. Um, write a review and write an honest review. If you don't think it's that great, tell me. That's not that great. I expected it to be better, whatever it is. But go in there, leave an honest review, honest rating. Um, but if you did like it, share it with your friends. Share it on social media. Uh, save the link in whatever in whatever form that you listen to the podcast. Share that link with your friends. Share it on social media. Let's get the word out there. Let's make the podcast popular. Um, and uh, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you. Love y'all.